Hello there, you wonderful human beings. Welcome to another episode of A Braver Brand. As always, I'm your host, Kate K. McCarthy. And whether this is your first episode or you're going on 70-ish with us over the last two seasons, welcome. Thank you for being here. So grateful you're here. And if you have found your way here, you may or may not know that today, this episode is the season finale of season two of A Braver Brand. That is right. We have made it through more than 34 episodes in this season, 34 opportunities for us to talk about what is important as wholehearted entrepreneurs and creatives to talk about like what truly impacts us, how to show up braver within our brands and the things that hold us back. And today is no different. So before we get into today's conversation with Madeline Kuline of thecloutcollective.com, I wanted to make sure that you have two very important um, pieces of information, two very important housekeeping items to know about. One, as today is the season finale, I wanted to let you know kind of what's coming up with A Braver Brand. We will be back in September, which is actually during my maternity leave, but I didn't want to leave you hanging while I took a little bit of time off to figure out what it's like to be a parent for the first time. So... Knowing that we will be back in September, I wanted to make sure that you are subscribed on your favorite podcasting platform, that you are a part of our email community over at kkmccarthy.com slash subscribe so that you don't miss us when we are back. We will be back in early September and y'all, I have already started recording um, the conversations and the solo episodes all to be prepared to bring you the very best next season. Next season, we are going to be talking about the human experience of being a wholehearted entrepreneur and creative. We are going to be digging deep, getting vulnerable, talking about what honestly, truly at our foundations impacts the way that we show up whether it's for our businesses, for our people, for our families, and most importantly, for ourselves. So whether you like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss us when we're back. You can also be the first to know um, over in my email community at katekmccarthy.com slash subscribe. You can get a freebie while you're over there. The second announcement is... As I just said, I will be taking maternity leave starting this September. Um, And so if you have been waiting to work with me, if you've been wondering whether or not now is the right time to get support, whether it's a single session or a series of sessions, I want to invite you to go over to katekmccarthy.com slash services. All of this will be in the show notes, by the way. You don't have to write it down. Um... Make sure that you head to katekmccarthy.com slash services to learn more about my bespoke mentorships and my single sessions because a lot of us like just need a single session or one or two or to just get started in doing that big, beautiful, meaningful work that we are so designed to do. So um, wanted to make sure that that was on your radar. All right, so without further ado, let's get to today's conversation. Today I'm talking with the one and only Madeline Kuline of thecloutcollective.com. She's a performance and mindset coach. And y'all, today in our conversation, she shares all about her story, what it was like to have a moment of like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, why tapping back into what she has always been good at allowed her to gain some perspective on her purpose, what it's like to charge for her work. And like, we get into like a little bit about our hangups around talking about money and charging, um, for our services and why it is so much more than quote unquote charging what you're worth. And most importantly, the meat of our conversation today is about what Madeline thinks of the four main types of fear that show up most for entrepreneurs and creatives and how to engage with them, how to befriend them, and why you don't have to have your fear figured out before you take brave action. So without further ado, I will see you next season. Here's Madeline. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. You are closing out season two, and I'm so thrilled and honored that you would be here with us. My gosh, I'm really <laughs> excited. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is so wonderful. It's just um, you had reached out to me, I don't know, a while back, and it just kind of felt like your email and your energy, and then getting to meet you over Zoom, like such. I, I think the word's kismet. Like it just felt 
um, like such a great time to be able to collaborate and to talk and to share a conversation. Um, and I love that you've come to this platform to, to share all your wisdom with us. So thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, Kate, it is such a privilege and an honor to be having this conversation with you. And I just have to say, you know, I so love that you pointed out the energy behind the email because it sort of circles back to what we were talking about earlier about how people perceive the inner work and how the inner work really lays the foundation for everything. So you can have strategy, you can write the perfect email, but if there's just some energy behind it that's off, like it's going to end up deleted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I could feel that coming through. I mean, I get um, a few pitches, quite a few pitches, and um, I have to be very particular about who it is that uh, I end up getting to invite because there's only so many episodes and I'm wanting to make sure that everything feels, again, like energetically aligned within the podcast as well. And so um, thank you for like taking the time and gathering yourself and like sharing it through there. So um, before we like jump into the meat of our conversation today, which is going to be all about fear, y'all, which is, I think all of us need to be talking about this. It needs to like come out from the shadows and be shared aloud. Um, if you can just share a little bit about who you are and what you do and like what has led you here to this place doing that work. Yes, of course. So this is the amuse-bouche portion. Yes. Um, <laughs> I love so, it. So <laughs> I'm a foodie, clearly. Um, I always wanted to be an actor. It's It started with my grandmother sending me a book of paper dolls of actresses from the 1940s when I was probably, I don't know, four years old. And I just became obsessed. And everything for me was all about film and theater. So I went off and was really blessed to study at one of the top drama schools in London and went to LA thinking, this is really going to open some doors. This is going to matter. Like I've had the best training that was so hard to get into. And, you know, bless my little heart <laughs> mm -hmm. because it didn't really matter in LA. So as I was trying to navigate this world of entertainment, I started doing some other things. You know, I helped cast a couple national commercials. I was doing some styling and some other odds and ends. And I ended up working at one of the top film studios. And there was an aspect of it, of course, that was so mind blowing and profound and like such a dream and such a privilege because, you know, I know how many people don't even bother to apply, let alone have the opportunity to interview, let alone be hired. And to be in the space and literally be in the rooms and touching the piano that Elvis recorded Love Me Tender and to be in the same room that Marilyn Monroe used to get her makeup done, like it was really incredible and magical. But the longer that I was there, the more and more I started to feel, because I wasn't on the creative side of things, I was on the studio side. And that's really corporate. And I'm not down on corporate. It totally has its place. And there are people who thrive in that kind of environment. Absolutely. I'm not one of them. <laughs> so I started to have like a real crisis of what do I do? And I started going through all the things that I enjoyed from, you know, interior design to this, to that. And like, what, what do I like? What am I good at? What do people ask me for help with? And nothing really clicked. And then I finally discovered the internet and what it really <laughs> has to offer. Like, it's more than Amazon. Oh my goodness, what an epiphany. Yeah. Um, and then it was a new conundrum. Because like, okay, so this online business thing seems really intriguing. And it seems like something I want to pursue. But what do I have to offer? What do I do? What am I good at? 
And that took a long time for me, honestly. It was a couple of year journey of like trying on different things. But I took a step back and really started looking at the themes in my life and started to notice, and this is going back years and years, where people would say to me repeatedly, like, you'd be a really good therapist, or you were the only person I wanted to talk to about this thing, or I knew I needed your advice. And so I was like, okay, I have all this random training in energy healing, and I have this acting training, and I see how the acting training really applies to life and so many situations, and I see how it's helped me navigate my corporate career. And I just decided to fuse the two together and start actually charging people instead of just giving all my advice away for free. Mm-hmm. And that has what brought me here. Such a big leap. I love there are a couple of things that you were saying that I was like, you couldn't see me because we're just on audio, but nodding my head <laughs> vigorously over here because I think, one, I love that like for two years you tried things on. I think that – um so often in this space, you know, as you're like scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, once you under like once you discover this like underworld of online entrepreneurship, which is like so mm-hmm. vast, there are so many things you can do, and quite frankly, the the online content makes it seem like people found their thing and then they just went for it and it right came effortlessly and <laughs> they the just knew it was success. Mess. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that the I've now been in business for myself for five years, and I continue to think of it as an experiment in trying things on and getting closer and closer to the heart of what it is um, that I, you know, that like that like little thing that is your zone of genius. Um, and so I think one, like let's just like amplify that. Like it's okay to try things on, um, and two. What you said about how people, I think for a lot of us, um, and it resonated with me deeply of like, you should be a therapist and you're the only one that I wanted to talk to about this thing. And I think that we discount that mm-hmm. as a massive strength because it feels yeah, it, hard. Yes. Keep, mm-hmm. What were you going to say? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Kate, like one of the things that stood out to me so strongly about you and your work and who Mm -hmm. you are is, first of all, the way you walk your talk. Mm -hmm. But I love that you were like, you know, I'm not going to do this one size fits all package. Because sometimes when you're looking for a coach, you're looking for support, you can automatically disqualify yourself from reaching out to work with somebody because you think, oh, but they're only going to cover X, Y, and Z. And I think I need ABC. And so that you acknowledge that everybody has their own challenges and their own way of working and their own needs. And that that even is fluid. Yes. Because sometimes you need a lot of accountability and sometimes you're just in the zone and you're like, I've got this. Let me just check in once a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's – it's a – whether you're thinking about it for yourself or you're thinking about hiring somebody, to know that your humanity and wholeness Mm -hmm. and whatever season you're in, like it all needs to be honored. And I I pulled that out of your story. So what has it been like combining all of that beautiful past work into one collective experience? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I think a lot of it, it it goes back to what you were saying earlier, where it's, it was the permission. Mm. It was the, and the permission to, to play and not feel like I had to put myself into a particular box, which was something I was doing in the early days. Like, we're so good at it. Yeah. A marketing expert. No, I need to be a social media expert. And I was just, trying to pigeonhole myself because I thought that's what it had to look like. And, and I was totally guilty of the, this is easy. How can I possibly charge for it? Myth. And that was like, it, it really took a lot. And and the thing that really clicked for me was this moment when I was, 
helping yet another girl that I knew. And she said to me, oh, you're cheaper than my therapist. Whoa. And that was the big aha for me because I thought, hold on. I mean, we're, we're friendly, but you don't hesitate to go out and buy designer handbags. You don't hesitate to go out and buy designer clothes. You don't hesitate to go out and eat in the trendy restaurants. Like you invest in yourself for the things that are important to you. And your therapist is another investment. So, and, and she was more of an alternative therapist and I don't know the details around that. And I'm not disqualifying her or discounting her being disparaging of her of skill set. But I just felt like clearly without the same degree, I have a similar skill set. And so I should be charging for it. And the whole thing about our universe being based on duality, right? We have hot and cold and light and dark. We know energetically that when we put something out, that nature abhors a vacuum and it needs to be filled. And so I was like, okay, so I'm putting out all of this energy that's clearly helping you. And of course, I love to feel appreciated. That's beautiful and wonderful and valid, but it doesn't pay my bills. (laughs) So I think if you're, you need to put a value on this input and advice and for the container that I'm holding for you and the safety and the confidence and everything else that I'm helping facilitate for you, that actually deserves an energetic match. Yeah. And the form of energy that's going to actually impact me in a way that's going to be positive and fulfilling in a similar capacity is financially. And like, why do we have such a hang up around money and charging for things? It's when you take a step back, it's like, it's cockamamie. Yeah. 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 I've been thinking a lot. I've actually been thinking a lot about that, about what it is about. I mean, and this is a whole nother podcast episode, what it is about money that makes it so taboo for us to talk, be talking mm-hmm. about, right? And um, it is such a huge leap for us within our work to, I don't even want to say charging what we're worth, but charging what feels like an honest give and take mm-hmm. within the container that we're providing, right? And so in a way that allows us to be able to give, because so many of us want to just give so generously, that's like in our blood, right? But in a way that like provides enough that we don't have any resentment around our clients or we're not feeling the desperation um, that kind of knocks our work off kilter and doesn't allow us to provide the best way. And um, I love that you mentioned it. And I love that you had that moment where you were like, wait a second, (laughs) (laughs) something's got to give here. So in having that moment and recognizing like, all right, this investment, like my prices need to change, right? Like what was it like to step into that, I don't know, posture? Um, I want to call it playing big, but it's it's just kind of playing honest about what it is that you're giving. But like, I think it can be so scary to to move into that space. How did it feel for you? Was it scary or was it like totally like duh and natural? Oh, no, it was scary. Okay. Absolutely, it was scary. <laughs> no, I don't have Teflon skin. Like it was, it was terrifying the first time I charged because, you know, it brought up all the, the little voices and, um, and it was so important because I, I also really got to have the real life experience of what I had been hearing people say, which is that when you invest in something, you take it more seriously. Mm. Um, and it was also interesting. So to see the first person I charged and then thereafter to see them actually implement the advice versus just saying, Oh, that's amazing. I feel great. And then repeating the same thing, like actually taking action. Um, but even for myself, like I was always very present with people and with friends, but 
I definitely felt like energetically somehow I was in a different space and I was even more present and committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I felt the deeper sense of responsibility. Whereas when you're just chatting with somebody, it's, of course, you care and you feel responsible in a sense that you don't want to give poor advice, but right. I was much more aware of like things that I was looking at and questions I was asking and, and all of that. So I think, I think charging, and I love what you said, because it's not about charging our worth because I mean, come on, we're, we're like the visa commercial. We're I'm priceless. priceless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But we do need to have some kind of energetic match for value given. And we don't hesitate to invest in, as I said, and for her, it was the designer handbag or new furniture or going to the farmer's market. Like we invest in the things that are important to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I want to talk about fear because we just, we just touched on it a little bit. And I think, um, I would love, you have like such a great perspective on like the four different types of fear that you see most often affects us as entrepreneurs and creatives. Um, and I would love if we could dive into that and talk about like, how do we, um, what kind of relationship do we have with fear? How do we move through it? Do we fight it? Do we like build a friendship <laughs> with it? Like, let's talk about that. So tell me about oh, fear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as I shared with you, I think one of my biggest pet peeves, aside from people who spit out their gum on the sidewalk, is this whole pervasive thing that's happening right now where people are like, fuck fear punch fear in the face. And no, just straight up. No fear. I think people need to really like change their perspective on it because I think whenever we feel afraid, we should be really, really excited. It means so many, well, it can mean so many different things. It can mean that we are on the verge of a breakthrough. It can mean that we have finally like taken the little flashlight and been able to shine it on something that needs to be shifted in order for us to really do what we're meant to do. Like fear for me is always an invitation to go deeper. So first off, let's celebrate fear. And as you said, it's all about our relationship with it. And so we know we've heard the example, or at least most of us have like with our caveman brains and how, fear is going to protect us from the saber-toothed tiger. Right. So obviously, when we have the fear, if we're walking down a street and all of a sudden, like our spidey sense is like, whoa, I think it's time to take a different street or to cross to the other side or whatever. Like that's the very obvious way that fear helps us. But we need to really look at the other things that our ancestors went through because it wasn't just the saber-toothed tiger right? Like if our ancestors were injured and they didn't heal properly, or if they got sick, they became a burden on the clan. And in those days, if you couldn't keep up to keep moving, to find water or shelter or whatever it was that they were seeking, you were left behind to die. So when we start having these fears and we really tend to beat ourselves up when we experience them because we're like, oh my God, I'm overreacting. What is wrong with me? I'm so dramatic. I'm overly (laughs) sensitive. But it's just our ancestral lineage that we could die. So it's, it's real and it's valid. So let's just take the judgment away from it and look at how we can use it as a tool. And so I think... As I've shared, there's, I see like four main types of fear that seem to creep up. And one of the ones that we hear referenced often is the fear of success, which sounds like an oxymoron. Right. We're like, I could not be afraid of success. That's what I want. It's all I want. I want to like buy this home and travel first class. Of course I want success. Except if you hear yourself saying things like, oh, but then I'm not going to have any time to actually enjoy my life. 
and I won't be able to enjoy my success. And it's too much pressure. Like, oh my gosh, I have to do everything and be everywhere. And, and it's too much pressure. Or my favorite one, which is that success isn't spiritual. And money is evil. Those kind of um, voices and that kind of dialogue is a pretty big arrow pointing to fear of success as something that you're grappling with. Yeah. I think there's also an additional level. Sorry. um, One of the things that I think about too in terms of a fear of success is uh, a lot of times in our lives, like we're so – what's the word? Oh, my goodness. We have – what we feel like other responsibilities. And so sometimes the idea of having as many clients as we think that we want or mm-hmm. having the bank account that we think that we want, it means less time for family or whatever. And I think mm-hmm. that that's that's another one of those things that I think sneaks in under the fear of success. Totally. Keep going. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. No, Kate, you're totally right. Um, the opposite. And, and none of these are like etched in stone because they all kind of bleed into – the other, but, but I find, um, you know, when people are saying like, I don't have enough time, the whole, it's not perfect thing, the, the perfectionism bug, um, constantly saying, I don't know that all seems to fall under the umbrella of the fear of failure, which is, I think one of the most pervasive, although it's very closely linked with the other one, the third one, which is feeling unworthy. Mm. And, you know, that's the little voices that are really triggered a lot by social media. Every time you're about to put something out there, like to go live with your website or to take the photo shoot for your website, you know, that tends to bring up a lot of the voices of, you know, I'm not enough fill in the blank or I'm too fill in the blank. You know, my market is flooded. How can I stand out? Like I'm not unique enough. I'm not this enough. I'm too, right? The enough voice is really big. Um, and it's, it's the, the doubt in ourselves. Like, who am I? Right to do this thing. Like really like, I mean, come on. Yeah. So-and-so now so-and-so is an expert. (laughs) So-and-so knows what they're like. So-and-so has it dialed in and figured out. So who am I? So-and-so came out of the womb knowing Mm -hmm. this stuff. Yes. Yeah. And -and so-and-so, you know what that girl did? She just like was like, Oh, this is my niche and bam. And now she's a seven figure entrepreneur. Like she did it in seven minutes. Like, Whoa. So I think that's probably the most insidious fear that we have and probably the most pervasive. But the other one I see a lot of is the whole thing that ties back into our ancestral lineage, which is the fear of being rejected. Mm. And that one is so big because energetically it links to the feeling of death, I think the strongest. And it's the, it's the like whole tall poppy syndrome and you know, like, oh, they're going to think I'm too big for my britches, or I can't be more successful than my partner. I can't be more successful than my parents. People are going to judge me and think, like, who do you think you are? Like, you don't outshine people. Nice girls don't show off. And it makes us feel that if we allow ourselves to really step into our greatness, and share our gifts and charge accordingly, which might be five figures, it might be seven figures. The number isn't relevant. It's all about our relationship with everything. And so that number, whatever the number is for you, that's a stretch. If you're feeling like I can't like be any bigger than this, this is my little glass ceiling I'm going to impose upon myself that playing small is, is just so heartbreaking and, and it is the fear of being rejected. Mm. Yeah. All of them are heartbreaking. And I think you're right. I mean, I think you're right that none of them, I mean, when you look at these things, none of them can actually be approached by like the fuck fear mentality. 
that just feels like it just. It's not going to get you anywhere. No. What it's going to, I mean, and there's, okay, there's always the exception to the rule, right? Because none of this is set in stone. So there's going to be a moment when you're going to be like, fuck it. And you're going to walk into that event and you're just going to get on the stage and you're going to do the thing. And whoa, like I did it. So of course there's the exception. But generally speaking, it just, it, it holds you back when you try to fight it. So I'm, I'm all about working the process, which starts with creating awareness because if you're not aware, you can't change anything. You got to see, as Louise Hay said, you know, you have to be able to see the dirt in order to clean the house. So you start with awareness and then from there, it's all about working with it. And there's all kinds of different tools that you can use, but once you figure out like, okay, this voice, the reason this voice is coming up is because I need to address this and heal this thing or forgive this person or find another way to approach it or honor myself, whatever it is, that's, what's going to give you the space to actually deepen within yourself Mm. and clear your energy so that you keep growing and expanding and really stepping into who you're destined to be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that 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 it underlines the importance of something that I think that we skip over so often, which is like doing that foundational work of uncovering what first of all, identifying like you said, like which are which of these four fears is it? Because it can I think sometimes show up as like, maybe this is a fear of success, but really it's a fear of being rejected. Mm -hmm. Or it feels like a fear of failure, but like it goes so much deeper than that. And we just don't feel like we're enough or we feel like we're too much or whatever. So one, like knowing, like, what am I actually experiencing right now? And then being able to do the, the deep stuff of like, healing that. I think that so often we like push, push, push in this industry, right? Of like Mm -hmm. wherever you are in the industry, if you're a creative, if you're a strategist, whatever it is, like we try to just like push our way through it. And then it just shows up again. And again, and again, and again. Yeah. Louder Mm -hmm. in a different way. Um, And if we don't kind of nod to it, and I think you're right, like all of these things kind of stem from that ancestral lineage, right? Of like, there's a reason we feel fear. Like there's, we're being protected from something. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we don't honor the fear, if we just think of it as something that is like, I don't know, out to get us, then yeah. we're always no, going to be wrestling. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Yeah, and I love what you said because it's, we have to honor the shadow because we are a universe based on duality. So there there really isn't good and bad per se. It's like, it's all just a distorted version of something, you know, there's shades, right? So our shadow isn't to be feared. It isn't bad. It isn't anything to feel ashamed about. It's, it's there is to help facilitate growth. And that's a big reason why we're here on the planet anyway. And I love what you were saying about looking at the different things and, and how fear shows up because so often it seems really rational and we trick ourselves into thinking that it's not fear. It's actually something else. And it is a self-protective mechanism because we are naturally inclined to hold back. We've been so trained for so many generations mm. to hold back. Oh, yeah. It's it like passed down in our DNA at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first – I mean, so like the first thing we do, right, is like you said, awareness. And then we step back and we heal. Um, and I think one of the things that strikes me is like you don't need to like stop everything in the healing process. Like you can be both. You can be scared and brave. Totally. Like you can do the thing and also be – like have your knees wobbling and your voice shaking and your hands are sweaty. Like you can do both of those things at the same time. But I think you can't miss the healing part. So what does that look like to almost befriend or form a relationship 
with fear? Um, well, I think that there's a lot of tools available. Right. And sometimes we need to go and really get down and dirty and look at things and revisit memories and challenge them and, and all of that. And sometimes we can find healing without having a conscious understanding of what we're healing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're, we're really lucky. In so many ways, we're so lucky to live in the world of technology and the internet. It's given yes. us so much. Um, so I think sometimes when you do things like tapping or working with crystals or essential oils, you don't always have to know like exactly the memory that triggered or created this thing. It's like, right. You don't always have to go that far. Um, but sometimes you do need to, and sometimes you might need a professional therapist. If there's something deeply traumatic that happened, then I think you should get help Mm -hmm. from a professional who's qualified, but for your garden variety kind of fear stuff, I, one of my first spiritual mentors actually, he used to refer to it as tilling the soil. And so what I do is I constantly ask myself, different questions around whatever it is that's coming up. And the key is to ask good questions, not like the, why am I so stupid? Right. Why do I feel like such a loser? Those would be examples of questions that aren't life supporting. The questions of like, okay, why do I feel this way? Why do I think I'm not qualified? What would really happen if I were to launch this thing And if I were to out earn my parents, like what would that really look like? And would I be okay with what I think it looks like? Can I make peace with it? And just keep asking questions. Sometimes you'll get answers and sometimes you won't. But just the act of asking, it loosens everything around the thing and you can shift into a different place. So I think questions are really powerful. I'm also a huge advocate of doing energetic work. And one of the best, best, best tools, and there's many different ways of using it, but it's connecting with your breath. Yeah. And I, my first big moment of like learning that was when I was doing one of my first plays in England. And I, I mean, I'm like the, you know, an American and I had such a thing around being an American in England because some of the people from school, you know, they don't take Americans as seriously. So I had my own sort of insecurities and imposter syndrome that I was bumping up against. And I was doing this play and I was so excited to be doing it. And I'm, I remember the moment so well, I can even see the, the person I was doing the scene with, my fellow actor. I just lost my lines and I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. What am I going to do? I'm going to make such a fool of myself and that panic. And I just stopped and grounded in and I took a breath and it felt like I, I kind of felt like Moses just parted my brain yeah. instead of the Red Sea, you know, and, yes. and the heavens just dropped in the character and the lines and everything. And I was like back in the moment, I wasn't consciously thinking like, what's my line. It's like, I was just able to be in the moment. So that was one of my first experiences of how transformative breath can be. And it's one of my big go-tos. Yeah. And I think that it's one of those ones that we discount because everybody's like, Mm -hmm. just breathe, blah, blah, blah. But like, I mean, physiologically speaking, you think about all of the things that are triggered when we're in moments of fear and panic. And the breath brings us back to the body. And in that moment, takes away some of the charge of what's happening physiologically. Yeah. Exactly. Totally powerful. And it's fascinating too because your breath can really help you connect with whatever you want to call it. I I call it like your higher self and your inner wisdom. It really helps you connect more deeply with that part of yourself that really has the answers and can help guide you when you feel lost. Do you think it's because it quiets things down for us? 
It absolutely quiets things. Definitely. That's such a good way of putting it. Um, and it's so interesting to look at other cultures and how they refer to it. I mean, cause in Ayurveda, it's, they call it the life force. And I think it transcends something energetically and it connects us to our higher self. And that's, that's like the seat of wisdom because we have all the answers inside of ourselves. So it's, it's just a good way to definitely quiet things down and allow the, it clears the space for that knowledge to be heard and seen and felt. What has it been like as you've witnessed friends, clients, um, begin to create the relationship with fear, continue to befriend it. Like what, what happens when we do that as opposed to sticking our middle fingers out and trying to bust (laughs) through? (laughs) Um, you know, it's, it's so, I love it so much, Kate. And I think you probably see this with a lot of your clients and the women you work with because they're so soulful and committed to having an impact in the world. And the thing that I find one of the biggest things that stands out is, is this whole idea of um, creating a legacy because that's got a lot of buzz right now too, I feel like, in the online space. And the women that I'm working with are starting to really get that that legacy starts within. And they feel so much more grounded and focused and clear and resilient And then it starts to bleed out. So then that legacy becomes more about their family. And then the legacy expands out into their community. And then it's starting to branch out bigger and bigger. And they're able to, so one of my clients actually, she was, she's branching out into a different area of her business and she's getting into product. It's a whole new world for her. And she's, she's learning on the fly. And she's dealing with a lot of difficult personalities and things and misinformation. And it's just been a lot to take on. But by doing some of the work together, she's been able to stay really grounded and not spin out into anxiety dramatically. I mean, you know, it's like there's, she spun out a little bit, but she's able to come back to center more quickly. And the freakouts haven't been as grand And as a result, I mean, she called me two days ago to tell me that she got a purchase order from one of the biggest names in uh, the space where she's promoting her product. And she got a $300,000 order. (gasps) Amazing. So it's like, and but able to stay calm and confident throughout most of the process and then to up level in such a big way. And to still feel calm and confident at that new level instead of reverting back to one of her stories from childhood of not being enough and not having enough knowledge and I don't have an experience and I'm not a business person and all those stories. She's able to dance with them in this space and keep moving forward because it is what she truly wants. So all of her fear was just it's like a little scavenger hunt, you know? And so she's like, Oh, this is the little nugget that I need to work on. Like, thanks fear. Mm -hmm. Totally hooked me up because now I dealt with this and now I created something bigger because it is what I say I want. And my subconscious isn't interfering anymore. And Oh, now I'm at this new like level and I'm making myself at home up here. I'm going to start like putting out some throw pillows and hanging some artwork because this level feels good. Yeah. And doing that foundational work is it's the key. Yeah, it's and it makes it ends up making things. It's so funny. Um I remember years ago when I was first starting to date um my now husband. I remember talking to my therapist and saying, you know, I'm like the worst girlfriend because I just make him <laughs> talk about everything. Like I just like I, you know, I was like I just like 
to talk about everything and to make sure that we're always in communication. And she was like, what are you – the worst girlfriend. She was like, you are doing all of the foundational work and it will make your relationship so much easier in the future. And I just felt like I was dragging this <laughs> this guy along with me. Um, and she was right. All of that foundational work, even though it was like tear – like tears everywhere, like hard conversations, learning how to communicate to people who, you know, come from totally different backgrounds. I think the same can be said with our relationship with fear, right? Like if we do that foundational work and continue to do that foundational work, it's not like Patrick and I stopped communicating eight years ago (laughs) when I was having all these conversations with him. I think it makes, it ends up making the journey easier because we're not fighting ourselves anymore. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Well, I love that you brought it back to the whole notion of it being easy because this is, it relates to, you know, creating our brands, right. And our businesses, like we should do what's easy for us. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it won't be challenging, mm-hmm. but, but ultimately everything should be easy. We don't have to fight and resist and have everything so dark and hard. Yeah. Like things are going to be challenging. I mean, I'm sure you guys, you still bump up against your stuff because totally. you're human. Yes. But when you have the foundation, it it's so much easier. And the recovery from those moments is faster and smoother and just so much more loving and compassionate. And that's with everything in life. The, the more connected we are with ourselves and our inner strength, the easier everything is to manage. And I mean, that's what cruise control was made for. Like, why, why are we like doing all this stop and go stuff? Like, no, like just set it and forget it. Let's enjoy life more, please. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I think that you're right. Like they're easy or ease. I actually love the word ease because it feels, I don't know, deeper. Graceful. Um, Yes. Ease doesn't come without effort, but it certainly is, I think, the goal, right, of like not to be fighting tooth and nail our entire way through building our creative work. hmm Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, your work is beautiful. I love your perspective, and I think um, – Cannot wait to hear what people think about our conversation because I think these are really common things that happen maybe just in our own heads but need to be brought out into the open so that we can start first with awareness and then um, begin our own process. And I am so appreciative of you, you, one, giving some language to fear because I think that's so helpful and two, kind of breaking down like – the starting point of like how do we begin to befriend it and then work with it and grow from it. I love that that's what it is. It's all – the point of it all is growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I love the way you surmised everything. That's <laughs> really magical. Thank you. Well, um, as we wrap up, you know that I've got two questions to ask you. Um, <laughs> the first of which is a question that I adore and has been – such a gift to be able to ask each and every one of my interview guests. Um, and that's this, who or what makes you feel your bravest? You know, Kate, I think you are such a little minx (laughs) because that question is so deceptive Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's so deep and complex in its simplicity. Yeah. And so I am madly in love with it. First of all, I'm so glad. And secondly, it's been a bit of a mind bender (laughs) because, you know, I was thinking about it so much and I've been reflecting on it so much. And even when you asked it of other guests, I thought, oh, wow. Okay. Well, like, what is it? What is it? Yeah. And everything that I think about, every example of things that I've done that have required courage and bravery, it ultimately comes down to not a person or a thing, but my relationship with myself and my relationship with the thing that I'm about to do. Because, you know, I could hold on to a rabbit's foot or a horseshoe or something for luck, but it's not really 
and and yes, items do have energy, and crystals have energy. That's been scientifically proven with crystals. That is, um, but it's never really the thing. It's all about our relationship with the thing, and it's our relationship and our willingness to be open to the support of the person that we feel gives us bravery. So ultimately, it's it's really finding that connection within myself is what makes me feel brave. I love that. And I'm like, not surprised one little bit that that is your answer, because I think (laughs) it does all come down to the relationship with, with yourself and with the thing and, um, feels deeply connected and entirely true. Where can our human beings find you on the interwebs? Oh, well, (laughs) if you are a dabbler in the Instagram, then I am at the Clout Collective. And if you are a little more old school and like websites, I am at thecloutcollective.com. Keep it simple. (laughs) I love it. Well, again, thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing your own journey and the... Uh, the process of becoming and um, just your perspective on something that affects all of us is fear. And thank you for for bringing so much presence and um, honesty and experience to that conversation. Oh my goodness, Kate, thank you so much and to your audience for listening and for everything you do and bring and who you are in the world. It's mm. truly, it's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much for listening to A Braver Brand. To find more resources, show notes, and exclusives, head to www.katekmccarthy.com. If you loved this episode, make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And while you're at it, leave a rating and review. Our work relies on listeners like you, and we're grateful each and every time you spread the word. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to us since day one, you know that I am all about Instagram. Come find me at Kate K. McCarthy and then reach out and say hi. I adore you already. Thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. A Braver Brand is produced by me and my slam bang behind the scenes team. Catch you next time.